0: Time to answer some questions. Time to make some plans. Time for everything to change. We listened episode 28 of Taz Graduation, so you know what that means. It's time for Talkin' Taz. Hello everyone and welcome back to Talkin' Taz, your weekly journey through the world to the Adventure Zone Graduation. With you as always is me, your host and producer, PJ, and with me, as always, is my lovely co-host, Lauren. Hi! Lauren, what'd you think of this episode?
1: I really liked it. I know the the boys had some issues understanding like this more ethereal, very lore-heavy episode and just trying to parse out what it meant and how they could move forward from here. But as someone who is used to that kind of thinking thanks to things like marvel i i thought it was super cool but what did you think you're more into the comics than i am
0: yeah i mean it's it's hella lore heavy Mm -hmm. i mean (laughs) multiversal and multi-dimensional and all that type of stuff speaking of marvel comics like you said Mm. Is always complicated, and you almost kind of have to just agree with the rules as they're laid out, you know?
1: Yeah, and just kind of hope that as it goes on, it will make more sense.
0: <laughs> What's not even about it making sense? Like you have to kind of just accept, like if someone tells you, like, "Hey, here's how this world works, and this is how, like, you know, an abstract concept like multiverse travel or mm-hmm. time travel and stuff like that works." You just have to take it at face value. Mm-hmm. You can't be like, "Well, what about this or what about this?" Like you just have to be like, "Yeah, okay, there you go."
1: Yeah, that's true. As As you're in these stories, it's just like, all right, those are the
0: rules. It's like in Jonathan Hickman's run of Avengers and New Avengers. Okay. Part of the thing is like, the whole plot of it is like, there are these incursions happening where basically, like, two earths are always like about to collide and from different universes yeah the only way to stop it is to basically destroy the other earth otherwise your earth gets destroyed oh my god <laughs> or if neither of you stop each other then both worlds get destroyed and if the earth gets destroyed then the universe gets destroyed
1: oh my god that's so and insane. the reason it
0: happens is essentially one universe got destroyed in a way where it basically knocked into the next universe which just created this domino effect and that's why the earths keep almost running into each other <sighs> Wow! It creates like this whole incursion point. It's like a, it's honestly one of the best Avengers stories of all time. Very sad. It'll never be in the MCU. Mm. Uh, but it's also maybe too big for the MCU.
1: I mean, just from what you were saying, that sounds very big and very abstract
0: Especially because, like you'd have to get into the the darker side because like i mean this isn't spoilers because this is like issues like one and two like they have to reform the illuminati which oh. is like already one of the darker sides of marvel like superheroes mm-hmm. and essentially like they find out like hey we have to go destroy these worlds right and captain america is like no like we're not going to destroy seven billion lives on another planet to save our seven billion lives but the rest of the illuminati are like are you stupid <laughs> like of course, if we, we are. don't kill them. We die. And he's like, there has to be another way. And there is no other way. Like, literally, they find out there is no other way. And they like wipe Captain America's memory and just like <gasps> go about doing this in secret. Oh my God. And it's like, you know, like obviously you get, you have to see like, you know, Reed Richards and T'Challa and Tony Stark and Black Bolt and Doctor Strange, like, making world-killing bombs that destroy entire other planets and stuff. Oh, and I don't think the MCU God. would ever really go for something that dark for their heroes.
1: That's true, yeah, especially... Which is actually
0: kind of funny because the MCU is based more so on, like, the Ultimate Universe. hmm And the Ultimate Universe is a lot darker than the the mainline MCU. So it's it's really interesting because, like theoretically the mcu version would be darker but we don't really go in that direction with the mcu
1: i've heard that marvel comics are actually much darker than the movies and the movies are very like light and a little more quirky whereas dc is the opposite
0: Best a really good way to put it is like marvel heroes are heroes Kind of by circumstance, a lot of times, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And even outside of circumstance, because you do have people that choose to take up the mantle, like your Captain America's, your Iron Man's, right? Mm-hmm. Marvel was always designed to be more realistic. Like, Stanley, Jack Kirby, all these people really w- came in being like, We're not gonna, you know, we're, we're not making Superman Golden Boy. We're not making this like glorious Amazonian queen here to save the humans. Like, we're making a teenager who has to deal with regular life and trying to save the world. And he's 16. And we're dealing with this billionaire who's like one of the smartest people in the world, but his demons haunt him and he has alcohol issues. Like, mm-hmm. it was always more human. Mm-hmm. And because of that, it was always a lot more real and a lot darker. And DC was always more like, here to be the savior of man is Superman. And but obviously, as time has gone on, comics in general have taken on a darker tone when they need to. Right? Comics can still be hella fun, Mm -hmm. and I think there's less of that middling. But that's actually a thing that's covered in Jonathan Hickman's Avengers, because at one point they kind of go up against a multiverse that is kind of DC comics. They do, and like the entire time, like the Superman allegory is like, "There's hope." Like, like they're like, "All right, like, hey, we're here. Like, what's your plan?" And they're like, "To hope." And it's like, well, that's not a plan, Mr. Not Superman, Mr. Sun God, because <laughs> that's his name. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, what's your actual plan? And they're like, to hope. And they're like, okay, well, we're going to have to kill you now. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, the DC heroes, like, completely get an upper hand on the Marvel heroes. Like, they're wiping the floor with them. Oh,
1: my God.
0: Like, Iron Man immediately, like, his armor is completely ripped off by their version of the Flash. <gasps> Like they just dismantles it before like Tony can even think for a second. But then Doctor Strange comes in and summons a demon and like sucks the life out of all of them. It's dark. It's dark, hell. <sighs> like they're literally all like husks. Like you like husks. <laughs> oh my god. Oh uh, man, read Jonathan Hickman's Avengers and New Avengers, guys. Up until even through Secret War, because Secret War is his conclusion. Of his Avengers at New Avengers run, mm-hmm. classic. Also read Hickman's Fantastic Four. Hickman is one of the greatest things to ever happen to Marvel. Phenomenal storyteller.
1: Oh, okay, okay, yeah, so yeah. So yeah. this
0: podcast that we're doing about talking <laughs> to, about the adventures, <laughs> about
1: Dungeons uh, let's and get Dragons, to this episode, yeah. <laughs>
0: We begin with super ominous music, uh, which is the exact same music that we ended with last time, mm-hmm. Justin's song withstanding.
1: <laughs> yeah, not not with the Justin song. Not
0: with a recap from Gary, but for Order, says they encouraged the Thundermen to visit them in the chasm. They explain that they are a similar being to Chaos. Though they aren't the same, but they share a physical body and space in this world. Basically, one is physically on Earth and the other is in the ethereal dream plane because they cannot occupy the same space at the same time. Mm. Which, Justin is like, oh, like Lady Hawk.
1: (laughs) I didn't understand that reference.
0: Lady Hawk is this movie. It's a fantasy movie starring like Matthew Broderick. And basically, like, he's tasked by this guy... He's like one of the greatest rogues. He basically is about to be sentenced to death and he like breaks free from the king's castle. And throughout the movie, like he's always able to lockpick his way out of anything. Like he's a phenomenal rogue. And he's basically tasked by this guy to be like, hey, help me kill the king because he like put a curse on me and my love. Mm. And the entire time he has this hawk with him. And then later on in the movie, like he's missing, but there's like this woof. And then there's like a strange lady there. And what you find out is the that they were cursed to never be able to occupy the same space together. And uh-huh. so whenever it's daytime, he's a human and she's a hawk. And she's Michelle Pfeiffer and he's uh, Rutger Hauer. Okay. And whenever it's nighttime, she's a human and he's a woof. And so they're never able to be together because of that. Uh-huh.
1: That sounds tragic.
0: It's a, it's a not like the best like fantasy from the 80s. Like for that, you can look at like legend and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But it's up there. Like Lady Hawk is good. Okay. But like that's the allegory, right? Because like they can never be in the same place at the same time, just like how they can never be human at the same time in Lady Hawk.
1: Okay. That's a good parallel to draw. Justin gets <laughs> it. Clearly, Justin's like, got it.
0: <laughs> they don't get to choose who is present in existence. Though, and it all depends on Nua and what state the world is in at the time chaos comes into existence when things are in flux and are changing and pushes things back to stability and when things are secure and growing order is in existence and make sure things are still moving towards the transition uh, Argo is kind of like well in general they're like you guys should probably switch names and he's like well no i show up when there is order he shows up when there is chaos and he's like i get it but like you cause chaos and he causes order
1: i mean but it's... obviously
0: at the end of the day like the whole thing is you need chaos and you need order like you can't exist in a world without chaos because then you stagnate. Mm-hmm. You can't exist in a world without order because then chaos reigns. Mhm.
1: Mhm. Exactly. So I I get Clint's point, but it's exactly what you just said where they are around when it's their time and then they push towards the other one so that they can take over.
0: Argo said like what happens to you if we kill chaos? If it's like first of all, we're not killing chaos. That was never. <laughs> I don't know when we had that meeting. Was it on my calendar and I didn't see it because we're not killing chaos (laughs) that's not a thing (laughs) and also like please mr order sir don't kill us because he said that (laughs) but orders like i mean it's cute that you guys think that you could
1: oh my god yeah
0: (laughs) it would be equivalent to trying to get rid of the concept of fear which kind of ties back to what i said last week where these aren't you know beings they're they're inherent concepts Mm -hmm. mm-hmm yeah brought embodiment
1: yes of uh intangible thing, mm-hmm. yeah. So there's no way to kill them. You physically, literally, cannot do that.
0: So they are forces of the universe moving through mortal existence, and it's way, way beyond everyone's pay grade. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Order continues to say that there's a problem. They've been in existence for over two centuries, and things have become far too stagnant with the hero and villain setup. When like kings ruled, there were revolutions and rebellion, but now there's so much red tape, and you can't really do anything like you used to. They seem very frustrated with the heroic oversight guild and the hero and villain system. So that's kind of where everything started happening.
1: I know it's fantasy, but I was like, this feels super real. <laughs>
0: I mean, I mean, it's true. Like, again, like, I mean, it's a constant concept in storytelling because, like, I do think there is kind of a, a, a desire for things to change. And sometimes you need chaos for change, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In, like, DC Comics, you have, like, the Monitor and the Anti-Monitor. And, like, you have things like um, like the original Secret Wars where, you know, you have, like, these, like, celestial beings, like putting their hands on the events of the world because they're like, what you guys are doing is boring. Me, you know? Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Fitzroy agrees that the world is difficult and very bureaucratic, but there also needs to be peace. So he's not sure if changing the landscape of the world is necessary. Order says what Fitzroy is referring to as peace. They call stagnation. Order then hits deep, asking if Argo had any way to get recourse against the Commodore after he'd killed Shabri, or if Master Fearbog's home was threatened if, uh, if any so called hero would help him or his clan without being paid, or if Fitzroy had a chance to make something of himself before the world saw his potential. Oof. All three boys kind of concede to Order's points, but wonder what he's after. And he says it's simple. The 50 years ago, they put into motion this epic battle because you know they need the world to fall into some chaos for mm-hmm. there to be a rebirth mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. it's like your renaissance you have to have your dark ages to get your renaissance you have to have your spanish flu and world war 1 to get the, the roaring, roaring 20s, 20s exactly you know, i wonder what we're gonna get after this pandemic i was gonna say the same the thing roaring I'm like, 20s. <laughs> we're
1: getting into another roaring 20s 100
0: percent. i think by yeah. 2024 we are gonna be straight up in the roaring 20s again
1: yeah hopefully without the great depression right afterwards and another huge I mean, world we war
0: basically kind of had a mini great depression but we just stimulated the hell out of the economy like three times exactly he says, like, obviously getting Grey as a villain was easy. You know, he has a lust for power and a lust for combat. Mm-hmm. So kind of nudging him towards this decision was never a hard choice. Mm-hmm. But finding a counter to that was a little harder. Then they found Fitzroy, who wanted fame and power and influence, but was too volatile and isolated to lead. So they paired him with Argo and Master Fearbog, all three of them the perfect combination to make a hero. Oof. Which I was like, okay, I like that. I don't yeah. that. yeah. They influence all the boys' lives to steer them to the school and to each other, including chaos granting Fitzroy's magic, which we already know.
1: Yeah, we we were aware of that for sure. How do you feel about... Essentially, the boys were influenced or manipulated into all of this.
0: I think at the end of the day... Again, a lot of the big thing that happens with in most storytelling with these like universal entities like Order and Chaos is they can't directly influence things, but they can nudge things in a direction. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, all of the choices made and Order makes this clear, were theirs. You Mm -hmm. know, like they didn't go into Fitzroy's mind and make him do these things. They didn't go into the Fear Book's mind. They didn't even go into Gray's mind. They just planted a seed and they happened to water it.
1: Mm -hmm. It's true. Yeah. They even said like, you know, you guys decided everything we just you know had you turned down a different path when you were walking through the forest or you know this or that
0: yeah it's like if i want you to go somewhere on a drive home and i make it so that there's construction on the path you normally take like, you're going to go the other way. Yeah, you'd have and to. And I didn't make you do that. You could have waited there. Mm-hmm. Or even, you know, seen if you could go into the other lane. Like, maybe they're allowing cross traffic or something. But at the end of the day, like, you're going to take the choice that makes the most sense to you. And if I know what that is, I'm going to manipulate that if I need you to go a certain direction.
1: Are you confessing that you are an intangible entity who has been slowly manipulating and moving the world around you?
0: I wish, man, I would be so much happier. <laughs>
1: i was gonna say the world would be a, a way better place if you I don't know about were that. in charge
0: i know that you've you've played my D games none of those are world- good worlds
1: i have fun in your D D games <laughs> they
0: do also mention that they exacerbated the cowardice of higgle
1: they did mention that yeah
0: which like i guess kind of gives them like a slight cop out but it was probably like not like they made him more cowardly but they just put things in place to make him more paranoid. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. And he was so attached to his brother that I think any threat to Hieronymus was going to exacerbate what was already in his head. But it's
0: interesting because I feel like if those same obstacles laid in front of Hieronymus, like he would have faced them head on. Mm-hmm. But Higglemus, I think, was inherently a coward. And they just kind of were like, all right, well, he's already a coward. Let's just play on that.
1: Oh, Or Higglemus.
0: So, I mean... Come on, Hicklemas, get it together.
1: Oh, I, he's trying. He's trying <laughs> the best he can. I'm very biased.
0: Hello, everyone. It's me, PJ, your host, producer, and friend. Here's always to thank you for listening to our podcast. We hope you're enjoying the episode. Keep up with all new episodes by following us on social media. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Taz. On Facebook, you can also find the official Talkin' Taz group, where you can interact with us as well as other fans of the podcast. Or go to our website, talkin-taz.pinecast.co, for links to those socials as well as all of our episodes. Links to all of that can be found in the show notes. If you're enjoying the show, tell your friends about it and leave a review on iTunes. It really does help. Thanks for tuning in. Now, back to the podcast. Fishery thinks he's got it, and he says, oh, I get it, you're waging war on Grey to dismantle the Heroic Oversight Guild, and orders, like, you're thinking so small here. There's a third part to this plan. There was a weak spot between Planes and the Godscar Chasm, so they tore open the portal and continued to weaken the barrier between Hell and Nua, and now it's almost ready. Huh. In a few months, this dimension and the Hell dimension will merge, and a war will be waged. But the Thundermen will win, and Chaos will be able to separate the dimensions again, and the boys will have their futures as prophesied in their visions with Chaos god order does clarify that a lot of people will die probably more than they're comfortable knowing about
1: yeah the boys are they get very very upset all three of them fitzroy fear and argo
0: but you know it's kind of like the captain america thing like you know like i get it altruism is great but you sometimes need to crack a few eggs to make an omelet
1: and i'm i am staunchly in that like captain america thundermen camp right now anyway where it's like no there has there that can't be it that can't be it there has to be something else where it won't be as destructive and as catastrophic as you're making it
0: but you know I mean I get it right because theoretically you can mitigate the war there's no way no one dies in this
1: oh yeah no I think there's, there's going to be there has to be chaos right so there's going to be death there's going to be destruction i just don't want it to be orders making it sound like huge like i think they even asked you know what? them like
0: i also think it's about calculated risk too because i i'm not ever in the agreeance of like life's need to be lost for change to happen because mm-hmm. i don't think that's true mm-hmm. i think that's like a mentality of like people that don't value life yes but i think there's also the reverse side of this where it's like if you don't do enough everyone's gonna die Right.
1: Mm-hmm. It's true.
0: So I think it's just a balancing act. I think they're trying to figure out how to do enough that both work. And I think that's the right call. God, I literally not to make this like super like societal or political, but like the other day I was on Facebook and of course I clicked on the comments on some posts about like the vaccine or a lockdown. Oh, or something. God!
1: Why did you do that? I just
0: like making myself mad. Oh, okay? no. And some person was like, we just need to reopen. Sure, a lot of people will die. The vaccine will wipe out a large portion of, like, the population. But, like, we can't keep living in fear. And I was like, do you hear what you are saying? I don't think the answer of it will wipe out a huge portion of the population, but, should ever really be said. Yeah, I... Unless it's like, (laughs) it'll wipe out a huge portion of the population, but it's only murderers, child rapists, and, like, serial killers. Oh, my God. (laughs) That's the only version of that sentence that's okay.
1: That is the only one. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I get it. There is that, that some, like, there is going to inevitably be some loss to this.
0: I, yeah, I agree though, right? It's, they're saying it can't be everything. Right.
1: Yes. And that's what I'm hoping for as well. I understand there's going to be something. Just don't say it's going to be everything.
0: So, I mean, I think they're just trying to find a better a better answer. Maybe we do need to crack a few eggs, but maybe it's one and not 48.
1: <laughs> exactly. That's fine. That's fine.
0: Yeah. But I think when you get to universal entities that don't have to value human life, that they're like, what is one egg to 48 eggs? You know?
1: Yeah, and I mean, I get it because... At the end of
0: the day, I own a, I own a chicken farm.
1: <laughs> so it's like, fine.
0: Master Fearbog identifies the real problem. Order is tired of being in existence. Their watch, as the Firbolg puts it, has been long and they want to rest. Order doesn't disagree. And Fitzroy says there has to be another way to bring about change without a war. But Order says this is a future they've been creating. Confused, Order says that they thought Fitzroy at least would understand what they've been working towards. Uh, And Fitzroy says he does understand, but the solution isn't something he can get behind, which is totally understandable.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Order gets all scary, saying they do understand, and that Fitzroy is just unwilling to make this necessary sacrifice to save the world. Wow, I'm glad I talked about Jonathan Hickman's Avengers. This is very much kind of the exact same themes.
1: (laughs) I mean, I've not heard of it before, but I'm probably going to check it out now. It sounds very much like this.
0: Yeah, it's really good. Argo asks if Grey knows about the overall plan, and Order says all Grey is aware of is that he gets a war, which is all that he wants, so that's really all they need to tell him. Mm. The Thundermen have to be left standing at the end of this, so that's where they're getting more pieces of the puzzle. Oh,
1: man. Do you think there's any chance that, like, Grey wins? No. Because that's not how Order and Chaos have moved this.
0: But even then, like, I don't know. I feel like he's too cocky and confident, and he's already, like, starting to, like, at the end of the day, Not to say, like, good always shrines over evil, because that's not the case, Mm -hmm. but he has been shown to consistently underestimate his opponents, and he is very powerful, more powerful than them, but they are, I mean... You know what? A lot changes in this episode, so let's get to that in a bit.
1: Yeah, let's do. Master
0: Fearbook says that he understands Order is tired, but it's not worth punishing innocent lives to get them their rest. And Fitzroy quickly jumps in, saying the Thundermen will workshop ideas to get the Fearbulk to come around. Order sees through the lie, however, <laughs> and yeah. says they understand it might take time for the boys to accept this, but it is inevitable. But until then, they can't have them in the way. Order holds out their hand, blue light raising from Fitzroy's skin all going towards Order's hand until Noah light is left, thus taking away Fitzroy's magic. Oh my god. Order says they will return his magic when he will fight the war, that the war will happen, and it will happen in the fashion that was decided by them in chaos. <laughs> so no assassination attempt here, boys.
1: Nope. No more. They continue,
0: saying the boys know too much about the portal, and suddenly they are no longer standing in the chasm, because there is no chasm. The ground is sealed over.
1: (laughs) Oh my God.
0: They do table talk here for a moment, Mm -hmm. which I like. that Justin was like, you know, we never actually discuss things. So let's do that for a
1: second. Yeah. Out of character, all that kind of stuff.
0: They talk about the understanding, you know, the chaos order shifts and the intentions. Uh, There's the analogy of the sun and the moon between chaos and order, which is actually a pretty good analogy for it too.
1: It is. Yeah. Where no, they can't be in the sky at the same time and they don't understand the morality behind it. It's just, this is the way things are.
0: Yeah. There's, you know, again, they're deities. At the end of the day, they're universal constructs. They don't have morals or wants and needs. Mm -hmm. They are eternal, Mm -hmm. right? They've seen billions of humans live and die.
1: Exactly. So to them, so what's
0: another few?
1: Exactly. And to them, it is a few because they've been around since forever, eternity. Yeah.
0: Um. They also, Travis does also clarify that it isn't about order wanting out of his watch like that's what the fear bulk said but that's not what the situation is Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, but we get back into the game and as soon as the boys return to the school they alert the members of the unbroken chain that they need to have an emergency meeting on jackal's balcony and i'm like how many people fit on a balcony
1: (laughs) right i was like okay this is the only balcony in the school this is the only balcony but
0: it's like a huge balcony it's like you know like <laughs> beauty and the beast it's like yeah no it's even bigger it's like one of those like floating <laughs> uh platforms they have in star wars but like hanging off the side of the building
1: oh my god because i I'm, like when you think of a balcony i think like you know like a I Romeo think, like, and you have two
0: patio chairs and like a small tablet
1: like maybe maybe that yeah. right where they're like this is your new meeting place for the unbroken chain i'm like how big is this balcony <laughs> the only one how is this tower not falling over just from the sheer size (laughs) of this balcony
0: uh before the meeting the boys have a meeting on their own thinking back on their exchange with order argo gets the impression that order and chaos have always been more passive in their existences just gently guiding things towards change and stagnation Mm -hmm. but now they seem to be taking a much more active or aggressive role because of how stagnant the world has gotten the points out that if they go through with their secret assassination plot, it ultimately won't matter because Chaos and Order will just find a new villain, which is probably completely true. Yes. Uh, saying their mission parameters have changed again because Chaos and Order will only get more involved the longer the world doesn't change. So they can't bow out, but they don't want to fight if they can help it.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Master Fear points out that Chaos and Order want change on a massive scale. So if the boys want to avoid this planned war, they must enact this change in the world in a peaceful way and must destroy the capitalist government structure. And I was like, yes, my communist king, <laughs> Marxist papers here, read all day, seize the means of production.
1: I remember this particular Adventure Zone episode came out the Thursday before the elections here in the United States. And so when they were like, we need to dismantle capitalism and like the government, I was like, oh my God, this is real life.
0: Uh, yeah, they're like we have to dismantle the system, and I was like, "Hell yeah, let's dismantle the system!" Yes,
1: let's please do because it's it's not working, and yeah. it's obviously like old fashioned and out of date and needs to be changed. So D and D and my world. I, I have colliding. so much
0: to say, but I will keep my very intense political opinions about this to myself for right now. <laughs>
1: gonna save it for those facebook comments
0: yeah man i have so many thoughts right now racing in my head but (laughs) i think we'd have to like i'd have to cut half of them out just for the sake of like keeping some of an audience (laughs) it's just you and me they do plan to get rid of the heroic oversight guild and maybe the hero and villains set up in general Mm -hmm. Fitzroy realizes that they will also inevitably have to destroy the school since it's the establishment that supports the rest of the economy Mm -hmm. but this is more acceptable to the boys than a war it's an institution not people
1: exactly yeah i would much rather that than killing hundreds thousands maybe millions of people Which honestly
0: i feel like they can handle this in a way where you still get to their futures though in a more peaceful version of them because in that version of the future like fitzroy is clearly the de facto king there is no system in place
1: Mm -hmm. it is him that's and that true. is
0: a massive change.
1: That is a huge change. And the Fearable got to go back, and Argo works for Fitzroy. So, yeah, no, it all could still work out.
0: Fully embracing this, Fitzroy shifts Master Fearable's responsibility from CFO to head of HR, which is, I feel like, not a promotion.
1: Yeah, I don't think that would be a promotion. <laughs> I think Fitzroy is just like,
0: yeah i know it's like just symbolic but i'm like mm, i feel like you like are gonna get paid less <laughs>
1: <laughs> it should at least be a
0: lateral move and the boys decide not to tell the unbroken chain or anyone argo points out that they do need someone on their side to help them as they are only three people and Fitzroy agrees saying they should try to work with gray and i was like oh <laughs> my god i was having that are they same about to thought. work with gray yes! against order and chaos yes Because at the end of the day, it's true. Like, if you destroy the hero and villain society, the world does change. stagnation is over.
1: It is over because that's really what they have issue with. I I was going along the same thoughts as Argo and Fitzroy. So when they were both like, we need to work with someone else, not just the three of us. I was like, use Grey. Use this against him. Tell him that they're using him just for a war and like, just see the massive havoc. But I wonder
0: if he would care. Like, if he's like, so what if they're using me for a war? I get a war.
1: I mean, they're is that possibility but i don't know he's so arrogant and so condescending that as soon as i think they're like you've been played and manipulated this whole time he might he something might shift
0: and i also think that like he kind of gets to like i think they get to go to him potentially and be like look I know you want this war, but look—it's—it's it's all a manipulation on their part. They are completely trying to—they completely put you up to this, and at the end of the day, they're setting you up to lose. They're not—they're creating a no-win scenario for you. And I know you might think that that's a non-problem for you but you have to realize these are or- this is order and chaos they are above all of us but exactly. we can create a scenario where they get what they want and you still get to destroy the society that has you know created the situation around you if you're mm-hmm. willing to work with us yeah and- We'll see if that's an agreement that he's willing to take. Uh, I don't know. But they have something to leverage against this war that he wants. Gray will lose the war because there probably won't be one. But he might win the battle in the long run.
1: Oh, God. I I hope it's enough. I I hope that, you know, they can convince Gray to help them. Because they can't do this on their own.
0: Yeah, but with all of that, the episode fades and that's all we have. That's
1: it. I mean, it was a lot this episode, right? Not like last time where it was like, kind of something in the beginning and kind of something at the end
0: yeah no it's we get a lot of lore about order and chaos we get obviously the fact that they've kind of been machinating everything Mm -hmm. and we get i mean the stunning you know change that the boys are gonna try to do this without everyone they've been recruiting they're gonna try to do this with gray and it's gonna look a lot different than what we've been thing
1: yeah gonna take down capitalism hell yeah hell yeah hell yes please dear god
0: (laughs) but i think yeah i think that's where we're gonna end this one it was a super fun one i'm super excited to see where this goes like this next episode i cannot come soon enough
1: it can't no
0: we won't know until we hear it uh so until next time i've been pj i have been lauren i want to see you next thursday where we are once again talking Taz.